Hello there! This show contains material which a truly free society would neither fear nor suppress. The language and concepts contained herein will not cause eternal torment in the place where the guy with the horns and pointed stick conducts his business. Hello all. Hey there. We are here. We're back or something. Or we're front. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. We're on the side. <laughs> we're, it's a lateral move, really. It truly is. So what's new? Anything cooking? Anything good going on? Let's see if we can start the show out right. This is Bloodthirsty Vegetarians. I am John Tellerico. And this is Rich Wilgus. And there's a little insect flying around here being uh, harassing us. It's a spy plane. It might be a fruit fly. It might like the wine. Well, this is definitely good wine. What are we drinking today? Uh, this is something that we've had in our uh, little mini wine cellar. It's the uh, Altos de Luzon. 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 Uh, it's 2003. It's a kind of cab. It's, I think it's Spanish. It's definitely Spanish. It says it's from uh, España. I think that's Spanish think that's, for Spain. I think <laughs> <laughs> that's Spain in French. <laughs> it's, it's Spanish for Span. <laughs> Anyways, good stuff. Yeah, I'm actually liking this a lot. This bottle's been hanging out for a while, and uh, I don't know. It's aging. It has aged. Mm -hmm. It has aged. It's very good. So what'd you do? Anything cool lately? I'm covered with paint. You came here and you saw what I was covered with. So you're painting. Yeah, I'm painting the cabinets in my kitchen. His canvas is the cabinets, or are his cabinets. Yeah, it's it's not uh, necessarily artistic work, but it's paint nonetheless. And I can attest to the fact that there are paint on the cabinets, or there is paint on the cabinets. There are paints there'd on be, the cabinetry. There be paint on cabinets. It's everywhere, mm-hmm. including it's like, in like under my elbow. He's doing kind of a um, a little spatter paint. He's doing a little tribute <laughs> to uh, Mister, whose name I can't remember. Pollock. Pollock. Mister Jackson Pollock. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not doing my kitchen in a Pollock kind of uh, thing. It's just standard paint. Anyways, what's going on with you, dude? Well, let's see. Last Friday was Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, it was. And instead of going to the movies, I didn't, <laughs> which means that we don't have a movie review this week unless you have one. No surprises here. None. No, no movies. So um, we do have a, a media uh, review later, though. But I went to this party, right? I got a call right, right when I got out of work, and uh, it was some people that I often see at the movies. And they were like, Rich, we're having a Cinco de Mayo party. You want to come? And I said, well, I was going to go to the movies. They said, rent it. We'll see you at 7. <laughs> I went, all right. So I went up there, and they had some gluten-free stuff for me to eat, and I brought some wine, and we had a good time. Do you remember what happened? I mean, how much wine did you have? Uh, a couple of glasses. I, I brought a bottle of the Sebastiani. So when you say glasses, are these are these like huge, gigantic glasses with two handles on either, either they were, side they were teeny weeny weeny little glasses um, well how many did you have 72 <laughs> that's an old happy days line yeah, that's right that's right richie came home drunk plastered, plastered. yeah <laughs> they I were forgot about teeny that weeny glasses actually this was a very unusual weekend for me because i usually spend at least one of the nights at my favorite cafe and uh with friends sitting around talking but saturday night last night was uh a bit of a different thing, too. Some friends of mine and I had been uh, planning a little wine tasting kind of a thing, a little get-together at uh, this woman's house. Again, people I know from the movies, the Munson films. Uh, Chris and Donna, 
and we uh, I brought a couple of good bottles over there, and we sat around listening to some good tunes. We listened to some biddies actually, mm. and uh, one of the people who was there was Chris from the Biddy Show. She was hanging out near us during the show, and she made all kinds of gluten free stuff for me to eat. In fact, everything on the table when I arrived was gluten free. Even the table, even the table was gluten free. Tablecloth, and it wasn't just like one thing. She brought a macaroni salad. She brought chips, two different kinds of chips. She brought a sort of Doritos esque type chip with mm-hmm. flavorings on it, and they were like seaweed and garlic. They were really good. Seaweed yeah, and garlic. It was good. You would have to probably hold me down and fill me up with liquor before I ate something called seaweed and garlic. And then they had a uh, one of your favorite dips, the hummus kind of thing. Mm. And they they had some other rice crackers, which uh, I could put on well, the hummus on that. Cool. I love those around. soy chips. Those are, mm-hmm. I'm starting to become uh, really enamored by those. And we sat around, had a good time, got a little sloggered and uh, talked <laughs> about a lot of cool stuff. And that was a lot of fun. Cool. So I didn't make it to the cafe at all this weekend. And but what? you had Cinco de Mayo festivities. That Cinco de Mayo fever. I got a I... fever, and the only thing that... No, what's the answer? I've got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell. <laughs> more cowbell. From what I understand, though, uh, Cinco de Mayo isn't that big of a celebration in Mexico. It's um, it's a, another Americanized holiday to sell liquor. Yeah, and I noticed beer commercials this year, like promoting buy our beer on Cinco de Mayo, and I had never seen that before. So they're trying to make another commercial holiday. And as as we were talking about earlier, Cinco de Mayo celebrates like the Mexican army beating the French. But what they don't tell you is that on Seis de Mayo, the 6th of May, the French came back with an army twice as big and crushed them. So (laughs) it's really, it's only 24 hours later. It's not, I'm not sure that's a reason to party. It's not exactly like the the 4th of July. It's no, (laughs) it's not quite like that, you know? And another cool thing, and I, I mentioned this to you a little while ago, is that when this show is released, which will be. Ocho de Mayo. Mm. That was actually when our blog went live. That was like your first post. We both posted a couple of silly things. So if you went and looked at our blog and looked at the May of last year archives, it would say silly stuff. Well, happy almost anniversary. Almost. Yep. Did you get me anything? I didn't. Just a bottle of wine. Men. (laughs) (laughs) Jerks. So I I don't know. You got any more for the intro? Nope. That's it. We've got music, though. You want to play a tune? I'm going to play a tune. Let's check it out.
was that anyway who was that masked man actually that was um you and i when we uh actually we wait, just got wait. together jamming bell is going to talk to us right now he is yeah give it a minute <laughs> pilod was in the house yeah that was a great show that you and i put together yeah a little promotion we did a little something something at the uh, turning stone indian casino yeah. No, actually, that was live Bela Fleck and the Fleck Tones. How cool is that? It's from their new record. What's that, what's that CD called? The Hidden Lands. The Hidden Lands. And that one is actually called P-Lot in the House. 
And the thing that's really cool about that show is when I went to find some of the live archives on archive.org, that was uh, the previous or the show right after the one we saw. So that was taken like within a day or two. Or that recording was made within a day or two of when we saw them back April 19th or whatever. Similar show. And they allow us to play it. Yeah. I even asked. I mean, they let you record their shows. They say it during the shows. They're one of those bands that let you do that. But I just inquired with the website anyway just to make sure we weren't going to go to jail. Going to jail is bad, especially yep. for music. Yeah. So there you go. We played a little Bella Fleck and the Flecktones, and you know what? We got more. There's just gigabytes of this stuff on the net, and I'm just going to just find the good stuff, and we're going to play it. Most of it's good, though. It's not going to be easy. Uh, well, good recording-wise. Oh, yeah. true. I'm going to find the stuff that meets my rigorous, minimal standards of crap I want to play on the show. I'm thinking about this, though. If you did go to jail for um, for some sort of music copyright thing... Would you become everyone's bitch? <laughs> I don't know what that means. I mean, that's really kind of a light crime. I mean, if you're in prison with all these other hard criminals. Yeah, that's true. You know, what'd you do, man? Oh, dude, I downloaded an MP3. <laughs> I killed 17 people. Yeah. I downloaded a Metallica MP3 and Lars Ulrich was waiting <laughs> outside my door with a paddle and he wanted to spank me. Yeah, I'm definitely thinking I'm not going to prison for that. No. You have to get a huge tattoo on your back, though. <laughs> And it would say Pilot. That song actually has a funny story. Future Man told it because he wrote it in a dream, as I recall. And uh, he and uh, the sax player, Jeff Coffin, reconstructed it like the next day. And I think Pilot is the name of the little alien guy that you see on the cover of the Weekly World News around election time shaking hands with the various presidential candidates. That's right. So, yeah, that was uh, Pilot in the House. Pretty strong tune, too. Yeah, and, and I don't know if this is a true story, but he said that, at least at the show, he said that... Uh, it was a, a song that the sax player, Jeff Coffin, wrote in his dream. So this is actually, he announced it as, this is a Jeff Coffin tune. That he, was written he, in, yeah. yeah. And, 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 like, and he said, like with all Jeff Coffin tunes, they start with a drum solo. So. <laughs> and they did. Great stuff. Topic. Yeah. We got a topic. Topic. <laughs> you know, it's been a firestorm of controversy lately at work, and it was a firestorm of controversy in New York State about two years ago. It was that whole smoking band thing. People can't smoke anymore? Well, they can anywhere they want as long as it's not a public place. That's a good thing, actually. I think it's a great thing. And um, it became a, a little bit of a controversial thing at work lately because we have one of those giant ashtray things with the big base with the narrow neck that comes up with the little hole at the top for you to stick butts in, you know? Yeah, it looks like the thing that back in the Old West people would tie their horses to. Yeah, it looks like that. In fact, there was a horse tied to it the other day, and there was a horse smoking. So <laughs> It was legal, though. It was outside. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, maybe we should recap everyone who isn't from New York about what the law says. Basically, no public place, no restaurants, no bars anymore in New York State can you smoke. You have to go outside. And legally, you have to be 50 feet away from the entrance. Right. You you know, which, of course, nobody ever does. They put their little smoking ashtray, the giant ashtray, right outside the door. Right. So that's what the law says. And and it was quite a controversial thing. There were lots and lots of editorials written in the papers a couple of years ago when this happened. And if you could prove to the state within a few months that your business had gone down a particular percentage, you could apply for what they called a waiver. And if you got the waiver you would be allowed to have smoking in your establishment again. And mm -hmm. they weren't giving these away, but they did give a few of them away, even locally. Right. Like my favorite pool hall got a waiver. But they were kind enough to actually make the smoking section completely walled in. 
right, so that right. you could actually go there and not have to smell smoke if you were in the non-smoking section. And that's and I always think that's fair. And I, yeah, I think that's fine. Yeah, they didn't have a problem with it. The guys just wanted to be able to smoke there, you know. But the biggest problem I've had with smoking and non-smoking sections over the years is that there's just a line. There's one table where it's non-smoking, and the people behind you could be in the smoking section. And mm-hmm. if the wind is wafting your way, you're smelling their smoke. I don't know who said it, but they said that having a uh, non-smoking section in a restaurant, in a public restaurant, is like the same thing as having a non-urinating section in a pool. Eventually, you're going to get it. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I agree completely. <laughs> Sorry to be so disgusting in the I room, but that, that's... Yeah. hadn't really thought of it that way. So at work, it's become a bit controversial because despite the fact that they have one of those gigantic ashtrays outside the door, there's butts all over the ground. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hello, there's a hole in that thing at the top where you put your butts when you're done with them. Why are they on the ground? I mean, that's just littering and disgusting. Laziness. So now the ownership of our company... Basically, I think they made the smokers go out there and clean up all the butts and dispose of them properly. And the word is, if they continue to see butts on the ground, there will be no smoking allowed on our company property at all. That means you got to walk out into the road and smoke out there. And in the middle of winter, you know, it's no fun to have to go out, I guess, if you're a smoker and smoke outside anyway. But that's going to be even worse. Yeah, you might get sick. Yeah, we get some cold days up here in the winter every once in a while. Not mm-hmm. this winter necessarily, but we do get brutal winters every once in a while. Of course, with the globe warming, you know, we well, not as much. With people, uh, you know, people who smoke, they'll they'll do it in any conditions. In fact, you go out of any hospital and you'll see people outside the hospital in wheelchairs with oxygen masks in a cigarette, lighting them. <laughs> Suddenly, they're yeah. launched in the orbit. You know, yeah. Alan Shepard's got nothing on them other than the fact that he's dead and these people are still alive. But well, but, it's a strong know, addiction. It is a strong addiction, and you can probably shed some light on that a little bit, because I do want to go somewhere with this, but um, you're a, a former smoker. Yes, I am. How long have you been not, not smoking? Uh, probably about 14, 15 years now. How difficult was it to quit? Not very, but that, that was probably a unique experience. I mean, I, I used to smoke two packs of the uh, red and white box cigarettes a day. You see them on a lot of uh, billboards at racetracks. Yes, and there was a guy, a cowboy, who was always hawking their goods. Very, very mustachioed man. Yeah, I think he died of cancer, too. <laughs> well, I used to smoke two packs of those a day, and those are strong cigarettes. I didn't smoke the light version. Um, and maybe it's just me, but one day I just got up. I didn't feel well, and, and I got to the point in, in my habit where the first thing I wanted in the morning was not breakfast. It was a cigarette. Yeah, yeah. And I woke up one morning, and it was just it, I got sick to my stomach. I said, oh, man, I just can't do this anymore. I stopped, and... That was it. I mean, it was a, a thing that I enjoyed doing. And, and people are kind of, at least on one side of the argument, they're saying, how could you do it? It's a disgusting habit. It's enjoyable to smoke. I mean, there there is some benefit to it as far as the, the experience goes. I mean, it, you get a little bit of a kick. It's what kind of like a caffeine benefit? kick. What is the benefit of the... I mean, there's Well, the, it's like eating butter. I mean, there's it, it tastes good when you're smoking. Well, it's a... It's a it's a brain illusion thing, though. It's oh, a, absolutely. It's a receptor, pleasure receptor thing. Right. It's an experience. I mean, the, the experience of it is good. It's like you take methamphetamines. It's not something that's good for you, but I'm sure it makes you feel good at the time. Oh, they're great. Yeah. I love those things, man. <laughs> right. So, yeah, smoking, it gives you a little bit of a kick. Um, it's kind of like having six or seven cups of coffee all at once injected into your veins. Um, and sometimes when, you, when you've smoked quite a bit... It relaxes you. It's got the opposite effect. Um, and it's something that was always good to have after a meal. So Es relajando. Es relajando? Relaxing. Uh, yes. See, I forgot we were in the Spanish section. 
Yeah, was, which is really bad because when you're in the Spanish section, you know there, there's just that one line between the English. Oh, never mind. It's just that's, I just got caught in it. You know, I didn't joke. realize that I was in there. And right on that line, they speak Spanglish. Anyway, <laughs> oh, that awful movie. So yeah, I mean, for me, I quit, and uh, it wasn't that big of a deal. And I think I had a couple of cigarettes here and there after that, but it wasn't like I had these huge, massive cravings um, that you hear about all the time. Hmm. And I know some people do, and I've been that way for the most part with a lot of things that I've done is if if I've quit them I just quit them and I don't go back you were able to shed the heroin and crack habit without great difficulty well you know I still take the methadone <laughs> you're on the methadone outpatient program <laughs> well I do it just for fun not that I have to <laughs> yeah it's just a kick it's a kick <laughs> no but it, it, it for me it wasn't that difficult to stop smoking but I know well, that for some people um... it is extremely difficult because it's it's a it's one of those chemical dependencies. It's not It's not all in your head. It's literally, it's a physical dependency. Well, yeah, yeah. And I see it as partly a medical problem, too. You know, they mm-hmm. need to start working on ways, just like with any addiction. These aren't legal problems. You know what I mean? Illegal drugs are more than just legal problems. They're medical problems. They're an addiction, and we need to help start helping solve these problems medically a little more. But anyway, that's not where I want to go. We'll have so, that discussion later because I've got a lot of good things about that to say. I guess. Yeah. Well, I remember back when New York went no uh, no smoking, smoke-free. There were editorials in the papers everywhere on both sides of the issue. And I kept hearing the liberal this, liberal that, you're taking my rights away, blah, 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 blah. So I want to ask the question, when did it become all right to urinate in the pool, if you will? When did it become all right for... Someone to smoke, have no control over where their smoke is going, and in effect, poison the people around them and think that they had the right to do it. And there's an old sort of like civil rights argument that says your right to swing your fist ends at the beginning of my nose, right? Right. And that's sort of the classic your rights end where my rights begin thing. And I know that's an oversimplification, but smoking, if we're going to use that analogy, would be like somebody being blind and spinning in circles with their fist around and just going in random directions because that's what smoke does, right? Mm-hmm. And I, that would, of course, they would be stopped. And eventually, you know, they'd be wearing a white vest and they'd have a net around their head and they'd be taken to a hospital eventually. But why is it okay for someone to just puff on this cancer stick and have the smoke go everywhere and think it's okay that they have the right to do that, to poison those around them, you know? So I want to know where the basis in law is for that. Why do... Why do my rights mean nothing when there's a smoker next to me, when I don't want to be poisoned by their smoke? A smoker, of course, is going to say, well, you can just leave. Well, I can say, well, you can just leave. <laughs> so, you know, we both have the right to leave. But the question is, are is there any law in the books or anything like that to support either of our arguments? And I guess, you know, we won, the non-smokers, if you will. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that. Well, even when I smoked, I tried to be considerate. Of others, mm-hmm. because yeah. I did know that there are a lot of people out there that didn't like it. And the other thing that smokers don't realize, and some some acknowledge it when if they do have any periods where they do quit smoking and then go back, they acknowledge that they don't they don't smell the way that smoke smells, and they don't sense smoke as well. Their sense of smell and taste and all that is sort of numbed or stunted, so they don't realize how very little smoke it takes to annoy someone else. They think that if they just blow the smoke in a different direction that it's going to be okay. But, you know, I really tried hard to, to keep my smoke away from people. I would smoke outside. I would I would do whatever I had to to keep it away. In restaurants, I usually wouldn't smoke at all unless I was really in a smoking section and a lot of other people were. Um, so I think that 
as, as far as I'm concerned, there is no legal basis for it. I think the only the only um, argument that you would have is that people have a right to do it. It's legal to do. And if a restaurant wants to have smoking in their restaurant, they can have smoking in their restaurant. Well, that, that's another topic entirely. I mean, yeah. not that I, not that I don't want to talk about it. I'm talking about the right of an individual to smoke and how it affects those around them. The topic of whether or not an, a private establishment has the right to allow smoking, regardless of what the state says, is kind of another issue. Not that I want to talk about that. But here's where I'm going. Okay. Take me. I'm very sensitive to smoke, and I get headaches when I smell smoke. Drives me nuts. You should and be a, like in a uh, like in a fire department. You'd be like the perfect guy to have right on I could top be of the like truck. The sensor, right? You'd be driving fires. around and you'd be sensing smoke. So my argument has always been: it's much easier for someone who smokes to have to go outside once an hour, whatever that Jones. For some people, it's every 15, 20 minutes. Well, whatever that Jones... And I'm not joking either. Right. Well, whatever that Jones interval is, it's much easier for them to have to go outside for a few minutes to do that and much less inconvenient than for me not to be able to go out at all. Because I do like to go out every once in a while into a public place. Mm-hmm. And I would like to be able to you know, go to a smoke-free environment and not have to get migraines, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, there, there was actually a... Um, I mean, this is one of those pendulum swinging in all these different directions. Some people say that... When when the restaurant bar um, law was passed in New York State, where you couldn't smoke in any public place, that that was the pendulum was swinging way too far. And then there were some communities when I was living down in Maryland where they were trying to get it so that you couldn't even smoke outdoors anywhere. The only place that you could smoke was in your own home. And and I, my personal opinion is that's a little bit too far. Yeah, I would say that probably that's a little bit too far too. Because at that point, why don't you just say, why don't we tackle smoking and say, let's outlaw smoking itself, trying to limit where people can do things, do legal activities to the point where you can't even do them anywhere. I mean, you're basically making a de facto outlaw of well, this person. These, I just remember reading these editorials and I heard these same arguments from the smokers where I work that, you know, their rights are being taken away. Well, where? You can smoke. Almost anywhere you want, just not in a public place. Now, they're being inconvenienced was what it was. I mean, And, and they're, they're angry. And right. they, these guys at work are angry. And in a way, I'm, I'm still seeing cigarette butts on the ground, by the way. And I'm waiting for the axe to fall on the whole no smoking on the property thing to see what their reaction is going to be. Well, that's a childish reaction to the whole thing. I mean, if, if someone sets down a, a rule, especially at work, the reaction should be follow the, the rules at work. You know, don't, don't make waves that way. Why, why die on that hill? Yeah, exactly. And I'm I'm a big litter bug guy, meaning I don't litter and I hate people who do. Oh, I thought you were saying that you'd litter as much as possible. Well, I generally, yeah, only on your yard though. And I'll I go to the I I'm driving along and I I'm at there's this one intersection that always had lots of cigarette butts on the ground, you know, the, the filters and um the the last bit of the cigarette thingy. And you know the intersection I'm talking about. It's like when you're coming from north of Utica and you come into the city and there's the Court Street and you're, mm-hmm. you're facing south. I One day I was coming back from the mall or something 10, 12 years ago, and all I saw were like literally thousands of cigarette butts or the, the filters on the right. ground. And it really pissed me off. And I was angry. I was incensed. I went home and I fired up my word processor and I wrote an editorial called Should All Smokers Be Killed or Should They Be Put <laughs> on an Island in the Aleutians and Treated Like the Lepers That They Are? And I actually faxed this editorial to our paper. And guess what? It didn't get published. Yeah, I But the act so. of writing it was very cathartic. I was able to de-stress 
stress and get rid of all of the anger that I had built up from all this litter that I saw by writing the editorial. And incidentally, I submitted it to Slashdot and Kiroshin, two of the big blogs on the web, and they, they didn't publish it either at the time. What you should have done is change the word smoker. Use it, you know, as long as you get the word processor open, do a search and replace. Replace smoker with president <laughs> and email it to the government and see, or the whitehouse.gov, I think it is. It's not .com. That's a different site. No, it's site. .gov. Well, um, and, and see what kind of reaction you get. The interesting thing is, though, that I see cigarette filters and whatnot on the ground everywhere, right? You really do. And anytime I talk to a smoker, they say, oh, I don't do that. I don't litter. Well, those things, those two things are incongruous. You know, pe- smokers don't litter, but there's cigarette filters all over the ground. Well, you, it, that's just like anything else. I mean, it, you don't have to be a smoker to be inconsiderate. I mean, there are some people who honk no, not, their horns in the middle of traffic. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that if no smokers threw their filters out, there would be no filters on the ground. And yet they're everywhere. You know, yeah. I mean, there are there are a lot of people who just flick them out the window. You're driving I, along I at night and you see the little red yep. orange thing get flicked out of the the car window. Yeah, I I do have a problem though with people who are trying to defy this law. You know what? For the most part, I haven't seen a lot of people trying to defy it in restaurants and and bars and that kind of thing. Well, there are some bars that just are ignoring the law, actually. Right, and the owners themselves, right, are yeah. are making it so that. Coming to their place and having this safe haven for smokers is is the attraction, and eventually the axe is going to fall on them because that bar is their livelihood. And if the they, clientele, they'll be fine. yeah, I mean they're going to be fine first, and then eventually they're going to be shut down. But what I've found, and probably what a lot of other bars have found, is they've gotten more business since the law has been passed. Yeah, because there were people like us or exactly. me who didn't want to go out because of all the freaking smoke. Right. I'd have to and burn my clothing when I got exactly. home. Exactly. <laughs> you bury it or you, you soak it in tomato juice as if you got skunked <laughs> or something. And yeah, guess what? They found out that business went up. And I'm sure there are pockets, you know, where mm-hmm. business went down. And some people were given waivers. And okay. Like cigar bars, I think, got waivers. Well. Because that's part of their business model. Not all of them, actually. We have really? a cigar bar locally in New Hartford there next to the little restaurant on Oxford there, the famous mm-hmm. Tom C's restaurant. He, uh, If it was an existing cigar bar, it got grandfathered in. You were okay. If it, if it existed before the law was passed, you were okay. But if you wanted to open one today, I don't think you could do it. If you wanted to call it a cigar bar, I don't think you'd be able to do it. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. The interesting thing is, like you were talking about, the business actually went up. The the thing about these waivers that really made me mad was they really didn't look at your books all that hard. And the kind of businesses that are going to apply for a waiver are going to be cash businesses, Mm -hmm. bars. And I talked to two bar owners who told me they just lied. They faked their books to try to get their waivers. You know, hello, bars are cash businesses. Nobody's writing checks for a couple, you know, glasses of beer in bars these days. So they actually made it easy. But fortunately, they didn't give away a lot of waivers. And there are a few restaurants out there that I hear about in this area even where they just don't care. They're allowing smoking and, you know, eventually maybe they'll get fined and they'll get fined again and the fines will probably increase and then it'll actually hurt their bottom line and they'll stop the smoking. But right now there there are people defying it. Yeah. And and I found that I go and, and not that I'm a, a huge uh, bar patron, but yeah, me either. But I want to go to a club and hear a band. Maybe yeah. some friends are in a band and they don't play real big venues like the Turning Stone Casino. They play a bar. Right, where smoking is normally loud. I'd love to go hear my friends play, but you go in there and it's 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 like a house fire, you know. Yeah, and and there are a couple of places in Syracuse that every once in a while, some uh, former colleagues of mine and I we get together and, and we just 
talk whatever. And we like to meet at a couple of these places. One of them is called the Blue Tusk in Syracuse. It's a great place because it has a lot of different types of microbrews there. And they even have wine. And they've got some some good food there, too. And it's great to sit down, have a, a nice black and tan or a, a Guinness or something, and be able to taste it and not have your eyes water after four or five minutes. Right. I mean, and I've... It's just a great thing to, to do, and, and I enjoy it. And when those guys say we're getting together again, I, I look forward to those times instead of cringing and wearing, you know, disposable clothing so that I can get rid of them when I get home. Right. And I've talked to some of the bar owners around here, the more popular ones like Tom C's and all that. Mm-hmm. Well, he's the guy who has the smoking bar next door, so his smoke, his patrons can go over there and smoke indoors in the winter and stuff like that. But he has found, and as most businesses have found that you know the business has increased because there's simply more non-smokers than smokers i would i would i would uh, venture to guess yeah and smoking is on the decline i mean nothing like knowledge to to kill something that's bad for you i mean of course there are always going to be people who want to smoke and there's always going to be people who smoke powerful addiction right but smoking sales are constantly going down and i think that there was a news report saying that that um I think it was R.J. Reynolds that that uh, was asking for some of their their lawsuit money back because there was a clause in one of the lawsuits that said that if their if their gross sales or something like that went down by a certain percentage point that they would be able to get a refund on some of the money that they paid out and they're asking for it back which is is definitely proof that their business has been hurt by the publicity and by all these different movements people telling the truth about the link between disease or link between smoking and disease. Well, there, and, there was a series of TV ads running for a while, and I would see him at work yeah. in the break room showing these ridiculous ideas about promoting cigarettes, you know, and they sound like they have to be fiction. Nobody could do this. And at the end, they say something like, it wouldn't be so funny if it weren't true yep. because these were real ideas that they found in memos from the, the various tobacco companies, you know, chocolate smoking and whatever chocolate flavored smoke oh, stuff or whatever you know just ridiculous uh ways to get marketing to kids and all yeah that. marketing to kids which uh yeah is a pretty classic thing well i'm interested if anybody out there is a lawyer and they know about any law that would uh make it okay for people around them or for smokers to to poison the people around them you know i'm, I'm curious to know what the laws are on the books regarding this apparently there's not too much because yeah because these laws are getting passed, and I suspect more communities are going to go this way, and uh, I hope they do because I just hate it. You know, it just drives me nuts. I mean, it's a bad habit. Fine, I know you're addicted, but you know, smoke at home. You, you can still smoke. You just can't smoke in the same bar that I want to be in. You know, that's not the end of the world. You can smoke outside of the bar and don't litter, <laughs> and don't uh, start forest fires either. Definitely don't do that. You know, one of my other big pet peeves was the 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 couples that smoke in the car when they're like six-year-old kids are in the back seat, you know, forcing them to have all this secondhand smoke. And I know um, parents have won custody battles based on the other parent being a smoker. You know, they don't want the kid mm-hmm. subjected to that secondhand smoke and they've won. And I say, hurrah, you know, great. Why poison a kid when he's young? Wait till he's older. Let him yeah. poison himself. Let him let the peer pressure in high school poison him. But yeah, let him listen to rock and roll music and then he'll be all sorts of poison. Satan, let him play D&D. <laughs> and go, you know, kill people and commit suicide. Yeah. Well, the the thing that was stopping people from from actually fighting this on the legal grounds, I'm sure, had to be that the 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 smoking uh, or the the tobacco companies were putting out reports and, and paying off uh, studies showing that secondhand smoke is harmless. Which I think a lot of that stuff has been debunked. So I think some of these lawsuits can can go through, and some of these these good laws can be passed. I'm liking it. Yeah. And if you're thing. a smoker and you've got an opinion. Shoot us an email, feedback at bloodyveg.com. Let us know how you feel, you know? 
Because you can still smoke. Just don't do it in front of me. <laughs> and don't smoke in our studio. That's right. You're not smoking in my house. Well, you know what's funny is my dad smokes. My mom doesn't smoke. Mm. And he He's a doctor, by the way. I know we've talked about that He's before. a retired doctor. Well, well what when, does that mean? He's not a doctor anymore then? <laughs> he's not practicing. He's still got his degree and, you know, he could if he wanted to. I mean, he still dispenses medical advice. Doesn't but He doesn't have an office anymore. He's Anyways, a physician. Yeah, but back when, I mean, we're talking about when he got his medical license, smoking was still good for you. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, we're talking about that's how long it's been. And, and he is one of the people that I always refer to as being horribly horribly addicted. I mean, if he stopped smoking for a day, um, he would be a basket case. And, yeah. and I know that it's better for him if he doesn't, but it's, it's very difficult. And he's, you know, he's close, closing in on 80. And I think at this point in his life, he's saying he'd rather smoke until the, he dies. Well, at this point, why not? Yeah. You know, he's been going all along. It yeah. reminds me of that photo. I know I've mentioned this to you in the past. There's a famous cycling photo from probably pre-World <laughs> oh, War right. II where there's a bunch of guys smoking on their bikes in the Tour de France because back then, it's like pre-World War II, I think, back then they thought that smoking like opened up your lungs or something. So before <laughs> the mountain stages when you were going to be doing a lot of breathing, a lot of cardio, you smoke, you take a couple of puffs, it gets your, prepares your lungs for the mountains, you know? It's a funny <laughs> photo, though. It's probably way, actually, it's probably more like 1920, actually. Yeah, and I, and I knew this guy who used to jokingly say that he used to smoke to strengthen his lungs. It's kind of like exercising, you know? You, when, you, when you exercise and you lift heavy weights, it actually tears muscle fibers. He said it was the same thing when you smoked. Yeah. It kills your lungs so that they can build and be stronger later. Absolutely. Well, anyway, there you go. Yeah. Smoking, in a nutshell. Smoking Everything you could want to know and more. bad. <laughs> So we got another tune. This one's uh, by my friend Mark Wachowski. He's a local guy. I worked on this record. I did uh, a lot, if not most, of the engineering on this record. There were some pre-existing tracks on 16-track 1-inch tape that we dumped over to ADAT, and then I mixed. I didn't do any of the engineering. But there's a lot of tracks, including this one that I did some engineering on. And this is a song called Corrupt Me, and the artist, again, is Mark Wachowski.
There's some rock and roll. Woo! Little double barrel thin Lizzy guitar action on that one. See, this is when I want to be a smoker again because I'd have a lighter always ready. Woo! <laughs> you know, can't can't flick the the bick there. <laughs> and that actually, he was going for kind of a thin Lizzy vibe on that. I remember in the yeah. studio, he actually said, "You know, I always loved Thin Lizzy in the '70s, and I really wanted this song to have a, a little Thin Lizzy vibe to it." And I think it definitely does. That little double guitar solo is really cool too. Yeah, a la Thin, Thin Lizzy. Thin Lizzy had a great album cover in that Breakout album. You remember? Mm-hmm. It was like this cartoon version of them. They were superheroes. It yeah. Was, it was a great, great album. That I was classic. That. So, you know, I didn't go see a movie, but I'm going to do a little media review real quick. Uh, I've mentioned it before. I'm a big Gentle Giant fan. Uh, the band that I think is the greatest progressive rock and roll band of all time. John would argue with me. I'm arguing. He's ar- See, you can tell yeah. he raised his voice a lot there. I'm shaking my head. You can't see it, but I'm shaking my head. They're certainly one of the greatest. And uh, they came out with their first DVD, I don't know, four or five months ago. I talked about it on that show. And they finally came out with their second DVD. This was from a little bit later in their career. I think the first one was 74-ish, 75-ish. This one was recorded uh, January 5th, 1978, in the Golders Green Hippodrome. (laughs) Wow, that was the day before my uh, eighth birthday. London. This is actually a BBC Sight and Sound concert. So the audio production's pretty tight. You know, the first one was actually a movie. The guy was actually making a movie. It was meant to be a film, the first one, and it had music too. But this was actually one of those classic BBC recordings, and it's pretty good. The uh, the fidelity's right there. I I just think they went to tape a little too hot. There's a little bit too much tape compression and a little distortion. Bugs me a little bit, but who cares? It's a Gentle Giant DVD, and there's just not a lot of those out there, and I'm really psyched about it. And we've already established that you are a sound Nazi, so, you know. Yeah. Thanks so much. And it it really is a wonderful CD, and it's it's filled with, what do they say, Gentle Giant, Sight and Sound Concert, and Other Antiquities. That's what it says in the front. I mean, who knew these guys made six rock and roll videos? They made, um, on some of their later records, maybe Giant for a Day in Interview, they did three songs from each record and made honest-to-goodness videos using, you know, the studio music and just showing them in the studio, pretending they were playing and all that. My favorite one is when they were they were all in the, the street and all these zombies were with them and they started doing the dance. That was good. And Vincent Price was doing the voiceover. Yeah, that was a good Gentle Giant video, definitely. Yeah. So anyway, I'll just go down the song list a little bit here, and if you're a Giant fan, you'll know all these tunes, and if you're not, you won't. <laughs> there anyway, you have it. It starts out with Two Weeks in Spain. It goes on to Freehand, which is from the Freehand album. As opposed to slow hand. Yep, it does On Reflection is track number three, which is also on the freehand. Track number four is I'm Turning Around. Number five is Just the Same, which is also on the freehand album. Track number six is Playing the Game. Number seven is Memories of Old Days. Number eight is Bet You Thought I Couldn't Do It. Bet You Thought I Couldn't Do It. Anyway, 
Um, no one got that reference. No, unless they have the record. Track number nine is called J.P. Weathers Presents. John Weathers was their drummer. And for whatever reason, in a, a drunken stupor or, I don't know, in a, in a moment of bad judgment, he just gets out from behind the drum set. And he walks to the lead vocalist's mic, and in his wonderful Welsh accent, he just starts doing these like random stream-of-consciousness you know uh little oral talks on on lord knows what and it's really kind of funny it's the 70s rich (laughs) right track number 11 is funny ways uh or number 10 track number 11 is for nobody and track number 12 is mountain time and i'm really thrilled with this because i i got into jalen giant after they weren't performing anymore i mean i have friends i have a couple friends tim local guys who were fortunate enough to see them they actually came to utica in um, 78 they played that club that used to be called the waterfront Hmm. which is down it was mid-state skating arena it was on oh, it was the yeah, left I remember that. part of that now it's like a kawasaki dealership or something i used and, to skate at mid-state yeah i did too and so they played there but i wasn't into them yet i didn't get into them till about 81 or something like that and that was basically after they were gone so for guys like me who've never had the opportunity to see gentle giant live this is quite a treat and i would really recommend this dvd it's called gg at the gg and uh, you can buy it at all the you can buy it direct from their website. We'll link to that, and you can buy it from all the big retailers too, like Amazon and stuff like that. So definitely check it out if you're a prog rock fan. You're gonna love it. Yeah, and even if you're you're not a huge prog rock fan, this stuff is great because I mean I I like the music, but the whole '70s vibe, you know, BBC Live kind of thing with the the bad video quality and and the horrible outfits that these guys are wearing some of the outfits are pretty actually the drummer is in a top to bottom oakland a's baseball uniform for whatever reason british guys wearing an oakland a's uniform yeah what's one guy's dressed like an elf at some point yeah gary green's wearing his sort of sort of renaissance fair costume or something i don't quite know what that's about this stuff is great just just for that i mean it's it's always great to see old videos and see what people thought was great fashion plus they're just a rocking band yeah and they're great musicians yeah they really are and they've got about 11 records between 70 and 80 that are just phenomenal so definitely check them out anyway i think that's a show yeah the klaxons are a dead giveaway it's either that or there's some battle stations we have to get to i'm not rushing go man your guns batten down the hatches i want to finish this smoke first (laughs) (laughs) anyway this is rich wilgus and you've been listening to another episode of bloodthirsty vegetarians on bbc 10 (laughs) Radio 1. Yeah, check out our blog, www.bloodyveg.com. And if you want to leave us some feedback about smoking or Gentle Giant or the movie I didn't see this week, which was called Transamerica, feedback at bloodyveg.com. Yeah, and don't be shy. Uh, send us money. That's right. And we're still accepting wine donations as well. Yeah, and the ones that we've gotten have been fabulous. Fruitcakes and pound cakes, don't want to go near them. But anyway. Them. Are you nah, kidding me? I know. Remember, you're listening to V.I.B.